Welcome to Network Talk Presents. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post Dispatch, joined by the beat reporters Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman. Here after the holiday break, a very entertaining game, first game back uh, from the break. I, I would imagine neither coach real happy with how um, sloppy the game was, but it was certainly entertaining. The Blues get another point, Jim Thomas, but, you know, getting these single points, which they, they've been doing lately, um, probably not good enough. You know, this team still needs a little bit more. Yeah, this, this wasn't quite the gut punch that the Vegas game was because the uh, uh, the Blues had a couple chances to to, to, to win the Vegas game and uh, a questionable penalty, I guess uh, we can say, uh, uh, gives uh, Vegas a chance to tie it up late. But still, uh, they had every chance in the world to to win this one. And no, it's it's it, it's not enough. It's it's time to, to get going. Uh, Baruby's talked a couple times with the team about this. They need to start stacking up points. We're near mid season. Uh, we're about to turn into the uh, new year and uh, they got us close on the road trip at one point. Uh, it might've been after the first game uh, when Tommy was up in uh, Edmonton, they were one point out of the wild card, uh, second wild card spot. Now they're five points out. And uh, uh, you know, every, every day, a little more sand goes through the, uh, through the hourglass. So uh uh, yeah, they, 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 they've, they've got to get going. And, and the, we had about a five game stretch where the defense was really tight and, uh, not so much these last, uh, these last three games and in these two overtime losses, you know, four goals should be enough, even in this day and age of, uh, of uh, higher scoring uh, games, four goals should be enough to win. And, uh, they've left a couple points on the, uh, on the table. Yeah. I mean, the blues. They're showing they are as good as some teams, as good as Vegas, as good as Toronto, but they're not better than them. And um, they've got to be better if they're going to win these games. And like we saw last night, they at times still, you know, do dumb things, uh, whether it's the shorthanded goal, Tarasenko's overtime uh, goal allowed, where you just can't do those things. And hockey is a game of mistakes. There's every, that's how every goal is scored. Somebody messes up and something happens. But you know, the Blues are back in that mode where they do something bad and, and they pay for it. Well, first of all, let's well, let's go over the bad news at first. And, of course, that uh, it starts with, you know, not just the game, but losing Tory Krug. Now, Tory Krug has not had a, a great year, for sure, uh, on the fence for the Blues. But he does log a lot of minutes. And he does uh, do a good job, at least at least aesthetically at times does a good job uh, on the power play as a quarterback, although the production has not been there. It's been a tough year for Tory, but now dealing with uh, an absence of Tory Krug into February, uh, JT, this, this creates a challenge for a defensive core, you know, already missing Marco Scandell already a bit thin. Um, now Kelly Rosen or uh, Tyler Tucker ends up having to play a bigger role. Uh, not ideal JT, not ideal. No, no. And, uh, you know, Scott Perunovich uh, still out and uh, the power play has trended up lately. And part of the reason they have is because of a uh, Krug uh, quarterbacking that uh, that first unit. Uh, uh, now, last night they did get a goal. So it's it's five, five games in a row. It's their matches, their longest streak of the season that they've scored at least one goal on the power play. They're six out of 15 in that time. But in the, in the previous games, Krug had had five assists and three of them were on the power play. So even when his defense is lacking, which it has been this year, uh, uh, he, he provides a spark to the power play. And so now it's up to Falk and, and, and uh, 
Pareko, the quarterback. And I, I think they're fine with Falk. He's got the shot. He's not as good of a passer as, uh, as, as Krug, but he's, he's, he's pretty good. Uh, it, it's what to do with Pareko and if over the long term he can manage that uh, second unit we all we all know Pareko has that hard shot and, and he's he's been using it more and it's been on target and sooner or later as you've said many times it's like you're tenderizing the goalie with those 9500 mile an hour slap shots something's something good's going to happen but uh, you know he's not the passer even in Fox class or in uh uh, uh certainly not in Krug's uh uh uh, class. He, you know, he tends to sometimes, I think, overthink things. And uh, Baruby said after the game last night, they're going to work with him about making quicker decisions and, and moving the uh, puck around. So uh, he, he, the, the power play already was kind of a little bit of an issue without Perron. They, they're still around 23, 24%, which is pretty good, not the 27% of last year, but Boy, you, you just wonder now, again, over, over the long term, we're, we're talking six weeks here without Krug, if they'll be able to uh, keep it going. Because like I said, they're, they're trending, they were trending upwards, as were the, uh, uh, the, the penalty kill. Uh, penalty kills kill like the last eight games, 24 out of 27, uh, which is, you know, almost 90%. And uh, those are two things you need to win games. Yeah, you know, Pareko is shooting more. He's you don't want him shooting every time he gets the puck in those situations because then people know the shot is coming. You'll get that shot blocked uh, every time. But he's got to shoot and pass. He's you know there are a couple times you could see him. Eh, what should I have? What should I do? Think this way, do that way. Um, but he's he's making things happen. But you know if if he's going to have any kind of offensive uh, production, this is the time. It's going to happen, and the Blues don't really have another choice. You know what they're going to do in case uh, you know, not like there's another D, not like Nico Mikola or Robert Bortuzzo or Nick Letty are going to be uh, the guy quarterbacking the power play. So it's going to have to be uh, Pareko here, and they're going to have to get the, the most they can out of him. Now, speaking of Krug, we did have a, a tender family moment as we gathered uh, the daughters and the grandson and the sons-in-law all at the, the Gordon residence where my my uh, younger daughter Kara wanted to. Um, go back and replay the uh, uh, Tory Krug uh, paved job that he did on Robert Thomas. And it's, it was really funny to go back and look at it because, you know, David Prawn was doing, this was in the cup final, of course, where Prawn is doing, giving him the business Krug ends up riding him like a horse in front of the net and sits on him. And then, you know, has a, a, a clumsy dismount to the point where Krug's completely losing his mind. So now Prawn heads off for a change. Krug starts his 180 foot sprint but he's about to crush Perron, but Perron's going off the ice. So now he looks around and who's, who's next? Who's next? Who else? Oh, there's Thomas. Who's minding his own business over in the corner of the ice. And he just goes and destroys uh, Robert Thomas instead because Perron left the ice. I think still one of the all-time favorite. My daughter, it made an indelible mark on my daughter. So as we've often mentioned, Krug does play with an edge and, um, that will be missed on top of his offensive production. And guys, you know, you mentioned Nick Letty. Now, theoretically, Letty could uh, be a number two power play guy because he's done that. But you're asking him to play a lot of minutes already. And you're asking him to play a defensive role, which is a lot. And now if you throw that on top of it, JT, now you're asking a guy at this point in his career to try to be a, um, you know, a, a really almost a top two defenseman. And he's just not that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he did play uh, when Krug went out last year, he played a lot on the second unit and 
and and and it did fairly well. He just he's not the threat with his shot. He he's a good passer, you know, and a, and a, and, a, and a very good puck mover. But he's just not the threat with his shot. And obviously, it looks like the uh, the first chance to run that second unit is going to go with uh, uh, with Colton Pareko. But Krug, that you know. That, that that's my lasting memory of crew too. And remember it was without a helmet on and they changed the rule after that, that you had to leave the ice. Uh, uh, he, he banged into Thomas without the, without his, uh, helmet on. And, and, and that typifies his play. I don't know if we've seen it this year, but usually about two or three times crew gets really pissed off and just gives somebody <laughs> else the business. I mean, he's like a little pit bull out there and he's a small guy, strong guy, but the issue with him, is he's he misses a lot of games uh and he he has with the uh with the blues all three years now his first year the 48 uh game season uh uh he, he missed only six games so it, it's not 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 quite the same but since uh the 17 18 season he hasn't played more than 64 games in the league so you're talking he's missing what's the math there 18 games so he's missing about uh more than 20 percent uh, uh, of the season now before that you could say well why didn't why didn't uh, uh, Armstrong see that Be- before that 17-18 season he had like five seasons with the uh, the Bruins where he played it uh, missed no more than six games in any other season so he was pretty durable but injuries have been a problem he's he's a little maybe because he's a little older he's what is he he's around that many of the Blues players in that 30-31 range he's he's right around there I believe and uh, you know they maybe that's affecting it, but uh, it's, it's really something to think about him as you do your planning and, and going forward. And if you're thinking, well, he should be one of the guys they tried, try to trade. And remember that rumor came up at the trade deadline last year, but boy, you just wonder with the injury history, not playing well defensively, what he would bring. And I, I do remember in training camp, uh, I asked him about, about the trade and he said, well, I have a no trade clause. So you don't, you don't see it. It sounds like he wants to stay in St. Louis and you don't, you don't see it much off uh, very often where a player says, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go by my no trade. Usually when the team doesn't want them, they say, okay, I'll go. But you know, it may not be so easy if you're trying to remove Tory crew. With crew out, we get the return of Callie Rosen, uh, who's going to start logging uh, time and, you know, just looking at numbers, Rosen's had a good season. And, and in some ways, defensively this is you know a step up because Krug has not played well defensively this year so they're going to lose some on offense uh especially on the power play but you know defensively this team may have gotten a little bit better yesterday and another guy that could factor in of course uh, is a guy that's earned some Baruby points uh Tucker um you know a willing player I mean you're asking a lot of him uh defensively uh puck moving and such against the elite competition but he has far outperformed uh, his draft status, and I think thus far, far outperformed uh, his projections as a prospect to to be a guy that's going to get us now. Uh, I would imagine, uh, you know, uh, some notable NHL time because Rosen, while he's been very effective, uh, has uh, has not logged giant minutes in the NHL either. And somebody's going to get hurt. <laughs> somebody's going to get dinged up, right? So now Tucker says this is a real opportunity where he's not going anywhere for a while. And uh, he's a guy that uh, the coach likes. Yeah, he sure does. He keeps it simple. He, he's a guy, I think he realizes his limitations. He's not the best uh, skater. He, he, has a, he has a decent shot, but he's, uh, he's like a younger, maybe 
a little better version of Robert Bertuzzo and what, what he does uh, back there. He'll, he'll drop the gloves, sometimes without much success, but he's willing and you, you, you need a guy uh, like that uh, back there. And, and what was it, like four or five games he played before? He was fine. Now, now maybe he wasn't playing top lines, but uh, yeah, they've got a couple, three guys down like uh, at the, uh, Springfield like Tucker, a guy like Phil Kessel, who's a little bit more of a, uh, uh, Matthew Kessel, excuse me, had the wrong Kessel. Uh, Phil's one of your favorites, isn't he, uh, Gordo? Uh, uh, the there was a picture man. of him eating a hot dog uh, uh, I saw on Twitter a while ago. Apparently, he's not the he's, he's not really big into the personal training, I guess. But anyway, Matthew Kessel, they, they've got some guys that are maybe fifth, sixth, seventh defensemen. And uh, uh, yeah, Tucker has, he has uh, overachieved and and uh, uh, he, he, he at least has a, a a minimum of trust right now from uh, from Baruby. Yeah, I don't think Tyler Tucker is going to be a long-term solution this season, but these are the kind of games the guy needs to get if he's going to improve the NHL. He needs to be able to see what it's like, get in games, and then take that back to the AHL and work on it there. And and I don't know what the you know finished product, but you know as you look at how the defense gets retooled going forward, you know as Bortuzzo moves out is, is Tucker a guy um, that can move in there? Yeah, it's always going to be a spot for that six, seven guy who's a willing combatant and who's going to work for not a large amount of money. Uh, like a Bortuzzo. I mean, who's a great team guy, stands up for his teammates, plays a robust game. But in today's NHL, it's very challenging. Uh, the agility, quickness, speed, puck moving ability, all those things are, are super important uh, in addition to being able to, uh, to, you know, to engage around the net, which this team still needs to do better and, and win those wall battles. So certainly a lot to watch on the defensive end. Up front, it, um, there has been some good news. Jordan Cairo returns from uh, the injured list, uh, picked up, uh, had another busy offensive game and what was generally a busy offensive game for both teams. Uh, you know, not uh, not the prettiest game, but Jordan certainly looking to generate chances. Uh, he's had a nice upturn. Uh, Thomas seems to be uh, quite active, uh, and and Tarasenko uh, as well. And and so let's talk about Vladdy for a second. Um, awful play in overtime. I mean, you know, you just can't. You know, let, let's be honest here. He half-assed it there. I mean, I don't care how long you've been out there. You you know, you're in the middle of the ice. You're the last guy back. You pay attention. Uh, he he gets stripped by Nylander, and that's that. Otherwise, you know, he's been a busy game, and, and it seemed like the chief, did, chief didn't want to come down too hard on Tarasenko, who has shown a bit of offensive life. Yeah, he has. He's, he's perked up lately uh, offensively, and uh, yeah, I mean, as the Chief said with, with that last play, just skate away from the guy. Just move, move your feet. That was, that was, just, a, that was just a bizarre play. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, Tarasenko's had an up, uptick. Uh, Buchnevich a little bit quiet last night. I think he had an assist last night. But uh, so you've got about four or five guys uh, that are contributing pretty regularly. Uh, the, the issue almost all season long has been getting the O'Reilly line going. And last night uh, you saw Buchnevich playing with him for uh, uh I believe the first time that he's, yeah, it's because I, I, I looked it up. I can't even remember what I tweeted last night, which uh, Nevis was playing, opening a game with him for the first time. And you had Shen. Well, if you can't prosper with Shen and Buchnevich, 
you know, you're just not going to prosper. And O'Reilly did get a goal, although for the life of me, it looked like he was waiting till the last second to pass it. And he finally decided, I have no one to pass it to. I'm going to shoot it. And <laughs> lo and behold, he scored. Now, O'Reilly's actually ahead of his goal pace of, of last year. Remember, he had to hustle late to get to 20 last year. He's got 10 already in, uh, what, 35 games. But uh, he, he's just not getting the assists. He's not, he's not setting up people. So that, that's the thing, to get kind of get a second line uh, uh, going. And uh, I... I I sure don't think you never say never. I don't, I sure don't think we're, we're going to see Josh Levo anytime soon with O'Reilly. I think Josh Levo, who a lot of effort, an interesting story, a guy fighting to kind of stay in the NHL. I think he's kind of run his course. And uh, I think Tom might've mentioned this uh, last week on the podcast. When you have guys like Tyler Pitlick, Josh Levo, even Nathan, Nathan Walker, who we all, we all love when you have three of them on the same team, that's, that's too many, you know, and it goes back to our theme for this season, one forward short. I think the Blues thought maybe entering camp, it would be Clem Costin or it would be Jake Neighbors that would be in that top nine. And, and neither of those are even Torpchenko. None of that has materialized, although Neighbors uh, and, and they come out of their AHL break tonight. Uh, they had a little longer Christmas break Springfield, but he, he had, he has four goals in his last six games. So I think they wanted to get down there, get, get him down there to get, get his confidence back offensively. Cause he's, he's not like a Jordan Cairo or Thomas, but I, I think he can be a guy that can score 15 or 20 goals in the league as a power forward guy, but I, they probably want him to, to get a little more offensive confidence. So the, the, the blues are just a little short uh, at, at, at forward and on nights when you have a, uh, Thomas and Cairo and uh, Buchnevich and uh, Tarasenko going it, you're, you're not going to notice it, but there, there's going to be, there, there's just not as much scoring depth. And, and when you don't have those guys, it, it, it's not going to look very good. Yeah. When you talked about getting the O'Reilly line going and the question is, well, what is the O'Reilly line? Because as we discussed last night, he's played with everybody. I mean, he, he, it's, it's, you know, almost everybody, almost anyone who's a forward on the blues has been a line mate of Brian Riley. And his, his assist per 60 minutes is like about a third of what it was the previous uh, seasons with the Blues. And, and, of course, the obvious thing is he doesn't have David Perron. That's where all those assists he got go. But the Blues just haven't found any combination that works for Ryan O'Reilly. And, and the one we saw the most was Brandon Saad and, and Josh Levo. And, you know, now Levo, you know, played five-plus minutes last night. I mean, that's – that's not the the answer, but the Blues just can't figure out who to use uh, with O'Reilly. And they, they have tried everybody. They, they've had 16 besides O'Reilly. They had 16 forwards play at least one game this season. 11 of them have been tried at one time or another with O'Reilly. So it's almost like uh, it's a Broadway play uh, and they've uh, they've had open auditions. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of Broadway plays, as, as a side note here, um, <laughs> Uh, you guys are busy at Wait, the, what uh, is your favorite Broadway play? Uh, you know what? The, I, I saw this is one of the how old I am. Okay. Uh, I saw <laughs> the King and I with uh, Yul Brenner playing the King. Get out at the Muni? Oh, or long no? time. No, no, this was a, on Broadway. Long okay. time ago. On Broadway. Look at you. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, my sister's in New York. She's an acting coach and such. Uh, she's <laughs> Julia Garner's acting coach, by the way, and all this won all, the, all those awards for. Uh, uh, Ozark, but uh, that was that was my sister coaching her up. So, anyways, but getting back to acting, 
Uh, you guys are busy at the rink. I had my family in town, so I watched the, the telecast. And uh, oh my, the Western edition, the Western version of uh, the new Car Shield uh, in a Western <laughs> setting. Ryan O'Reilly. We talked about his acting last week. Very yeah. good. Very. Oh good. wow! So this was last yeah. night's game. Yeah, this my is wife takes a new all ad. game, so I'm going to have to look for that commercial. Yeah, yeah, it's no, a good it's, one, uh, huh? it, Yeah, yeah, it, 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 you'll be impressed, guys. You'll, you'll. It, we talked about last week. He hit another level here. Oh my! It's better than the rap music one with the. Uh, that one looked a little dicey. Yeah, yeah, this one I think worked out well. I'm a little. I think some of the green screen, uh, you know, shots and stuff maybe weren't the best, but uh, he just him and a decked out in a western gear. You know, the part where they wrap him up in rope was a little fishy, but uh, you know, I mean. I don't know that they were able to get everybody together to, at the same time for the shoot. So they had to kind of piece it together. Uh, but anyways, Ryan O'Reilly did a good job. And so while he's not setting up, not driving play offensively for the blues, he, I think he is driving business for, for car shield. <laughs> and by the way, they should be advertising on the podcast. So just for people who are listening now. Um, so going forward, you know, they've, they've got to win against the Blackhawks guys, because um Boy, the black are, are they terrible? Aren't they terrible? Jeff? Oh my goodness! You know, remember they started well and they were they were at one point ahead of the Blues. Yeah, um, yeah. There was a, there was a time when everyone in Philadelphia was talking about how great a coach Tortorelli was and turning that program around. Oh well. Yeah, I did have one particular troll that's been absent for about a month who uh, was just uh, all into the torts thing, and that's kind of gone the wrong way. We all knew the Blackhawks would tank because that was the stated goal. But yeah. uh, so JT, I mean, they've still got you know Kane and Taze. Uh, two great players, uh, Kana, you know, destined Hall of Famer, Taze might or might not, but they're trapped in, in a hellscape of that team. They've won yeah. like twice since, uh, I don't know, sometime in November. It's it's not good. Like 20, I think they got like two wins in 20 games or something. It's just horrendous. So the Blues have to beat the Blackhawks. They yes. got to, yes. I mean, you, you talk about having to get points. You've just got to step on the Hawks because then it just doesn't get any easier after that, Jim. No, no. And uh, yeah, they they uh, they got shut out again last night. I think it's like 27. No, it's like six times they've been shut out uh, uh, this year. So you absolutely positively have to get the uh, the two points because then, then you've got Minnesota coming in on uh, on New Year's Eve and they've been playing well. And then you go on the road and you, and you play at uh, uh, you play at Toronto and then uh, you go to New Jersey, which although they've tailed off, they're still right up there tailed off a little bit they're still right up there in the standings uh, it, it, it it's just hard to know to on the one hand the blues have gotten points in seven of their last eight games so you're like okay but they've also uh they're winless in their last three so you, you, it looks like they're fighting off that bad habit they had of uh, we're gonna have a good winning streak then we're gonna have a bad losing streak they're trying to fight that off but uh you know, they, they need to, uh, they need to step on the gas and they, they've, they've got the seven game stretch, these three home games, then the four game road. Then after that, they have a huge chunk of home of home games, 14 home games in 19 days, including after this upcoming road trip, uh, uh, seven in a row at home. So I, I think that'll, that'll tell the tale, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know how, how many different ways or how often we can say it. They've and chief, has been pounding home the same message and the players know they got to get going. It's time and they got to get going. Yeah. It's kind of a sprint to the all-star break now in the, the blues bye week And I would think by then we'll have an idea because, but you know, 
the January schedule is tough. It's got a good rhythm to it. There aren't a lot of back-to-backs. They is just a, a good steady flow game off day, game off day, game off day. Not, a, you know, travel will be a little annoying on that first trip because they bounce back and forth between the U S and Canada. But this is a chance they, they got to do well in the stretch because if when this stretch ends, when the month of January ends, you know, you're two weeks, three weeks away from the trade deadline. And that's when decisions are going to have to be made. So I think the month of January is going to be a, a pivotal one uh, for the blues and they, they got to get points and they got to be in the, in the thick of the playoff race or, you know, this team, as we know, it ceases to exist. Yeah, it's only going to get tougher, JT, because if you look at it, obviously, the Winnipeg's had a good start. Uh, you know, Dallas has, has really come along nicely. Dallas has achieved what the Blues hope to do, which is sort of transition on the fly. A couple of good young players in Robertson and, and Hintz. Uh, so, you know, trying to, you know, cycle, trying to move forward as a, as the, the twilight years of Sagan and Ben and just sort of on the fly remain competitive, and they've done that. And now, you know, Nathan McKinnon's going to come back for, for Colorado, right? And Matushkin's been in and out of the lineup. I think he'll, he'll play uh, not so terribly long. Eventually, they, I assume they'll get Landeskog back. So um, that team has underachieved just because of all the injuries. I mean, I wouldn't say they've underachieved. They've just been crushed by injuries. Colorado gets going. Dallas is playing well. Winnipeg is playing well. Uh, Vegas is is in good shape. At some point, Calgary gets going, you know, and in Edmonton, uh, you know, those two teams. So, you know, it, those teams, a lot of teams kept the Blues hanging around for a while, but they can't keep counting on those teams to to, to do that. And you know, one of those teams hanging, they let the Blues hang around for a while was Colorado. And we know how good they can be. Yeah. Yeah. Sooner or later, we think sooner or later, Colorado is going to get healthy. It's looking more and more like if the Blues get in, it's going to be as a, uh, as a uh, uh, wild card. And uh, as you mentioned, they, they've got some competition from the, the wild card between Edmonton and Calgary. I don't know if Seattle's going to have staying power, but right now they're in the top three in the, uh, in the Pacific. So uh, uh, yeah, even, even now they've got a, they've got a, they still have a couple teams ahead of them in the, uh, in, in the wild card. So yeah, it, it, it's not going to be easy. And, and, and let's face it here. I, I think Joe fan is thinking, Oh my God, trade deadline. If things aren't going well, we're going to see changes. In the big picture, even if they're 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 in the mix and they make the playoffs, it's going to be a different looking team. I think one of the the most telling things to come out of that governor's meeting was Gary Bettman after saying, "Oh no, it's going up four million, and we're like, "Okay, maybe they can afford to resign O'Reilly." Now they come out of that board of governors meeting, "Ah, oh, nope, nope, it's just going to go up one million, and we're back to the old thing. You've got Barbashev, Mikola, O'Reilly." And Tarasenko, maybe, maybe two of those four you can get back unless you can move around a lot of money, which Doug Armstrong couldn't do at the last trade deadline. So even if the Blues win the cup, you're going to see a different team. It's going to be at least a retool team because you simply can't afford to, to bring these, 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 uh, uh, these, all these guys back. And that'll be interesting to see is how, Doug Armstrong plays this on, you know, is he just looking for if the trade deadline moves when they happen or if they're, if they're sellers, what do they get in return? Are they getting prospects? Are they getting draft picks? What do they come away with out of this? And, you know, that's going to be one of the things because how, how is the retooling 
if that's what happens, happens. And yeah, obviously there are some things that are going to have to happen. And you wonder, you know, yeah, O'Reilly's status with this team, you know, what does it look for? You know, but, but what is his, what does his next contract look like with the way this season's going for him? And they, those are kind of the, the mysteries of uh, the blues right now. Well, maybe they could just run a deal like uh, in, in, in college sports where you just get a name image likeness deal where like, okay, all of your money is going to come from car shield. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because it was no, really, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, we don't have, we only have a million bucks for the, under the cap, but you know, you could just hit those guys up for the rest. Right. Because. So car shield's going to sponsor our show and maybe sponsor. You know, Ryan you know, we're, just, we're just planting the seed. If they're listening. And maybe sponsor they're... Ryan O'Reilly too. Exactly. Right? Name yeah, image likeness. They're they're big into youth hockey. They've right, they've got they've got uh, club teams down there wearing the right, right, right. jerseys. Right. Just upgraded to that, you know, upgraded to the there Blues. You go. Now you're thinking. See now, look look at how we're up here problem, solving problems here on the Netflix. I hope I hope they're listening. I'm sure they all they all listen. You two guys have been covering hockey forever, though. Can you remember the last time a player who was like a mainstay, a core player? I'm speaking of Tarasenko and O'Reilly was under Armstrong, was not signed entering or during their walk here. Has any of those guys come back? I can't think of any during my six years, but can you think of anybody who was not signed entering their walk here who ended up staying with the team? Mm, I mean, a, a good, among good players. Yeah. That would, yeah, that would be the issue, right? And so you would go back to Kevin Shattenkirk. He wanted to leave because he wanted to go back to New York. So they, they tried, didn't work. I mean, we know mm -hmm. about Stastny. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, Petro was a fiasco. I still think Alex is surprised that he didn't get a contract for some reason, even though he basically, you know, I, I think there was an effort there. Yeah, so yeah, it's a good question. I just think it, the thing, the problem is players say, well, I don't want to do it during the season. And then either the season goes really well and they, they want to be free agents or it goes really badly and the Blues go cold on them, uh, as, as what happened with Shattenkirk. So either way, once it gets into the season, man, it gets tough. And unless, you're, unless you sign a guy real early in a season, um, you know, once it gets going, you know, either he does, either he does well or the, you know, the team does bad or something happens and it just makes it hard. It just complicates it. So, anyways, well, listen, I'll uh, I will go. We'll wrap it up on that note. The um, we'll see what our heroes do against the Blackhawks. We see how what kind of shape they're in next week. But they're on the clock for Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmerman. I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been the Netfront Presence. A reminder: you can find us and all of our videos on stltoday.com, the Post Dispatch website. We got our wonderful phone app now. We still run that print edition out. If you want a hard copy of the newspaper. We can, you can read the e-edition of said hard copy of the newspaper. We'll try to help you every which way to support, to enjoy local journalism, and please do support local journalism. For next time, I'm Jeffrey, JT, and Tom. See you.